Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But as we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unbelieving. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his only Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and the song of praise is fitting. Great is our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. He goes to hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, 
save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. second Sunday after Christmas is from 1 Kings, the third chapter. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. you have, and you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. 
And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. The epistle reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the first chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
We join together now in the hymn of the word, hymn number 523. of Christ of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. The child, Jesus, grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, 
and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o We now confess together our Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdoms will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
the Gospel for today, and when they, Mary and Joseph, did not find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him, and it came about that after three days they found him in the temple. This is our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, dear friends. Here we are already, the tenth day of Christmastide, but two days to go until Epiphany celebration of the arrival of the Magi who came to the house, St. Matthew tells us, the house where they found Mary and Joseph and the babe who was at this time now gone from the grotto cave in which he had first been born and now he is dwelling indeed in a house. Epiphany for us this coming Wednesday marks the end of Christmastide for another year, and so now all the trimmings that are associated with this great festival of the church year come down. All of those trimmings that even the secular world mimics are put away as we prepare to move on. And you get that sensation of moving on, even as Mary and Joseph had that sensation of moving on soon after the birth of our Lord, to move forward into the new year, 2010, which will, even in the world's marking and liturgy of time, see another Christmas come, and will see another Christmas go as it has seen thousands of Christmases come and go even before this year. Are you ready to move on? Because that's what the text even for today bids us do. The text for today catapults us in time from the time of our Lord's infancy when he was indeed a small child in the Rotto cave, when he was a small child, even in the temple as we heard last week, when he was a small child in the house where the wise men would come to greet him and worship him with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and it catapults us from those days and from those earliest of years. Ten years forward, in time, suddenly to a time that he is almost a teenager. That time when he is learning the fullness of the law, as was customary of Jewish children of that age, at about the age of 12, to really immerse themselves in the teachings of the scriptures. It all seems to be happening so quickly, doesn't it? Kids grow up fast enough the way it is. And to be sure, there are those times when parents might deny it, but then they become grandparents and they know it. The time is fleeting that it goes all so quickly, even as the assigned readings of the church here move us forward, even though we might resist. They still wisely move us on, because there's so much yet for us to see and to celebrate in the seasons of the church year yet to come. And as we move on in the narrative of our Lord's birth and childhood, we find an interesting theme that runs through the account of each of these different parts of the story of our Lord's youth, from the time that he was a babe in Bethlehem to the time that he's a teenager in the temple, a theme that continues then to run on through his adulthood, even to the time of his death and burial and resurrection. It seems, as you look at all of the different events that transpired during the course of his years, from a child to a boy to a man, that someone is always seeking out the Lord. Someone is always in search of the child, of the boy, of the man. 
Think about it, whether it's the shepherds that are seeking him out in Bethlehem, saying, let us go and see these things which have come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Or old Simeon in the temple, who scripture says was looking for the consolation of Israel. Or Anna in the temple, who was waiting for the Messiah to come. Or the Magi, who having seen a star in the east, scripture says sought him out that they might bring him those gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Or King Herod, who also sought out the child, that he might destroy him. And then he proceeds to ruthlessly murder dozens of male children under the age of two in that terrible slaughter of the innocents, which the church commemorates and remembers on December 28th of each year. Or Mary and Joseph in our text for today, frantically looking for, distressed and looking for, as it is put indeed by St. Luke, in search of the 12-year-old boy where you might expect to find him among his relatives traveling in caravan with the rest of them in Passover. But he's not there. And then you find him with the teachers of the law in the temple where they're in search of what he knows, they're picking away at the mind of this 12-year-old, seeking out that Solomon-like wisdom that we heard about in the Old Testament. And indeed, what was it that St. Matthew tells us? That someone even greater than Solomon is here. Wisdom itself, personified, is here in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was that those teachers of the law understandably were amazed at this teaching that Jesus would give and that he had the understanding even at the age of 12 that he did. In every case, someone for some reason is in search of the child. The Lord Jesus from his infancy on draws men and women of every station in life to himself, be they poor and simple shepherds in the field or wealthier wise men from the east or a patient prophet in the temple or prophetess in the temple or a mad king in his palace or frightened parents in pilgrimage or the well-intending teachers of the law drawn by one thing or the other but always drawn by the Lord and through his word they are in search of the child and so we would all be and no greater and higher calling can there be in life to be in search of the child no matter what our status or our station in life might be in search of the child is what we need to be because when you think about the divine truth of it all, it is the child who first of all sought us out. And that's the only reason that we can seek him out in our lives is that he has sought us out. He has sought us first out and found us and saved us and made us his own that we might seek him through his word and through his sacraments wherein he comes to us. We seek him because he first sought us, even as we love him, because he first loved us and gave up his own life for us. We seek him in faith because he first sought us, when, us out when we were dead in our trespasses and our sins, St. Paul says. When we were dead in our transgressions, God made us alive together with Christ. He didn't abandon us to our sinful condition. I'm reminded of a man who was driving home from his office one day and on the way home he saw the ugliest 
vehicle that he had ever seen. I mean, this car simply wasn't ugly. It was ugly on top of ugly. Maybe some of you have seen cars like that before, but they don't even belong in the road. It had one large gash in one side of it, and it was severely and repeatedly dented on the other side of it, and one of its doors was being held together by bailing wire. Several body parts were almost completely rusted out, and in fact, the muffler was so loose that with every bump it would hit against the pavement and cause sparks to fly in one direction or the other. The original color of the car, we didn't really know because it had been painted so often and it was so oxidized because of all the rust that had gathered underneath the car and it was rusting out, was in terrible condition. And yet despite all of its scars and all of its bars and all of its wear and tear, despite that terrible condition, do you know what the most interesting thing about the car was? It was a bumper sticker that was in the back of the car a bumper sticker that read, this is not an abandoned car. And perhaps too, as we look at our own lives, we could use one of those bumper stickers for ourselves. Our own life might indeed bear a bumper sticker like that. This is not an abandoned life. This is a life which may well show the Mars and the marks of time and sin upon it, not only the little dings and the dents that are put into our side panels by the intruding and impious, irritating and minor sins of others, but also the severe blows and gashes that are put into it because of our own sins that we perpetuate upon the world and suffer the consequences of, or the rust from within us that eats away over time, gradually weakening us and wasting us away, the rust from within our original sin that we receive and pass on from one generation to the next, that's what ultimately wears us out and wears us down and wears us away, the sin within, that spiritual rust within. But what does the sign say? What does the sign that you wear say? What does the sign of your baptism say? It in essence says this is not an abandoned life. Not in the least, despite every outward appearance, despite every contrary claim, this is not an abandoned life. Ours is not an abandoned world. Christmas, you see, has told you just the opposite. Christmas has said during these past days that we've celebrated, for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son. Christmas says that God has not abandoned us, but God has come to us and become indeed what we are that he might save us, that he might enable us to see him for who he really is. He became flesh for that purpose, scripture tells us, since the children, it says, have flesh and blood, he, Christ, shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, even the devil. For this reason, he, Christ, had to be made like his brothers in every way, 
in order that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Thus the Holy Scriptures. That's why Christ came. That's what Christ did. And that's why we seek Christ, because he first sought us out and found us and saved us that we would not be abandoned lives, but rather lives that know who he is and proclaim to all the world who he is. Now that we know who we're seeking and why we're seeking him and how we're seeking him, the question is, where do we find him in our day? Where do we find this Christ that we seek in our age? The angels, remember, told the shepherds where to find him, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And they said, Let us therefore go and find this one and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And the wise men too, they had heaven's help. They could not have found this Christ child in the house where they found him, were it not for that star that led them from afar? Where is he who was born king of the Jews? They said, for we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him, that same star that led them even from Jerusalem unto Bethlehem, but six miles away. A heavenly guidance that they were given. And lo, the star, it says, which they had seen in the east, went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. In both cases, and in all cases, heaven leads the sinner to his Savior. And it happens in no other way. No longer do angels, though, tell us where to find him. And no longer do stars lead us to him. If we are to seek him today where he would be found, we must seek him where he's promised to be. And that, my friends, is in his word and in his sacraments. That is where Christ in our day has promised to be. You search the scriptures, Jesus says, because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that bear witness to me. That word which Luther said is the, the cradle that bears the incarnate Christ to his people. The cradle of God that bears Jesus to his own. And therefore, St. Paul says, from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, St. Peter says, we have a prophetic word that's made more sure to which you would do well to pay attention as to a lamp that's shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star, the Lord Jesus Christ, rises in your hearts. Christ is no longer visibly present with us today as he was for the shepherds. He's not visibly present with us as he was for the wise men to see there in that house to which they came. But he is nonetheless truly present with us. Though not visibly so, he is truly and as much present with us as he was back then. He is found in the word that we hear as he speaks to us. And therefore he has promised us, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am, even in the midst of them, where his word is rightly preached and taught, there Christ has promised to be found. Where his sacrament of baptism is rightly administered, there Christ has promised 
to be found. For all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have what? Have put on Christ. He's there. Wherever his sacrament of his holy supper is administered according to the institution by Christ, there he has promised to be in the blessed reality of his body and his blood among us. Of the bread, he says, take and eat, this is my body. And of that consecrated wine, he says, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood. You see, where God in the flesh was once hidden from the faithless in swaddling clothes, and the faithless did not see him there, though he was there, and as he was once hidden from the faithless in the swaddling clothes of the manger, and in the ordinary garments of a 12-year-old boy, even in the temple, so today he is hidden from the faithless in the word of God and in the ordinary elements of water and bread and wine. But that's where the faithful will find him. That's where they'll see him in his grace, for that's where he has promised to be. Will you seek me with him there in the days of this new year to come? Will you diligently search the scriptures? Will you faithfully partake of the sacrament wherein we receive him, where he's promised to be? Will you find him as Mary and Joseph did when he was a boy of 12 in his father's temple doing what he must do, his father's house, about his father's business, meeting your deepest human need? In the year to come, will you find him where he's promised to be? Speaking of the temple and finding God where he's promised to be, Martin Luther put it this way. He said, once God bound himself to the temple of Jerusalem, which is now to an end, not indeed for his own sake, but for the sake of the people who needed a definite place where they knew that they could find God. And therefore he wanted to be nowhere else. And whoever wanted to call upon him and come before him had to come to Jerusalem or at very least face toward Jerusalem no matter where in the world he might be. But now, dear friend, Luther says, but now God has prepared a different temple in which he wills to dwell. This holier temple is the dear humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here in Christ is God's temple. Here in Christ is God's house. Here in Christ is God's castle, God's palace, God's royal hall. Here now in Christ is where God desires to let himself be found and nowhere else. Would that we, throughout this new year and with the wise men of two millennia ago, still find Christ where he is promised to dwell. And then we will be among the wise men who seek him still. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
As it pleased the Lord to bid Solomon to ask of him, so he bids us also to ask of him, with the confidence that he will grant our requests in accord with his good will for us. As we pray today for the Church of God in Christ and for all people according to their particular needs, we include by name particular members of our congregation and family members and friends, including Arlene Duell and her daughter Carlene and others saddened at the death of Arlene's husband and our brother in Christ, Paul Duell, who died this past Monday. The memorial service for Paul Duell will be held here at the Lutheran Church of Our Savior this Saturday, January 9th at 11 o'clock in the morning. We pray also for John Little, the brother of Sonia Meisner, who's hospitalized due to malfunctioning heart valves. We include in our prayers the family of Kristen Gallagher, a friend of members of the congregation. Kristen died unexpectedly of pneumonia at age 59. We remember our brother in Christ, Hugh Ryan, in our prayer, who's been hospitalized. And we remember David Hall and his family at the recent death of David's mother. For these and others we now pray. Merciful God, whose compassion exceeds our desire for it, and who grants to us that which in your infinite wisdom is most needful and best for us, receive our thanks, that you have provided eternal redemption for us through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and have made it known to us and available to us through the word of truth. Preserve us by this your word and your blessed sacraments until the heavenly day when we're, gathered, when, when we're granted full possession of that heavenly inheritance obtained for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless your church, Lord Jesus, with heaven-sent wisdom, and ever rest upon her your favor, that the pastors you have raised up might be bold to preach and teach the full counsel of your word, that it might be for the good and edification of your people, whose ears and hearts may be open to receive your word with gladness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless those whom you have given to govern our land with wisdom and understanding that they may govern it well in accord with your will and through them promote and ensure justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great teacher of your disciples, teach us to pray and ask from you that which is in accord with your will, seeking foremost your kingdom and knowing that all other things needful will be added unto us as you see good and fit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Lord, hear our prayer for those wrongly accused or imprisoned, for your people who face all forms of injustice. Hear also our prayer for those who are sick or suffer from chronic illness or infirmity, including John Little, the brother of Sonia Meisner, and Hugh Ryan, and the homebound of this congregation and of your church at large. Grant to them all patience to bear what you yourself have per permitted unto them, and give them the confidence of knowing that your hand has not and will not depart from them, but rests upon them, and for those who are ill, that you would grant to them the medical care needed to address their ailments. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With the report of his resurrection and its foreshadowing promise of ours who believe in Christ, comfort those who grieve including Arlene Duell and daughter Carlene, and others at the death of our brother in Christ, Paul Duell. Bless also David Hall and his family at the death of his mother, and also bless the family of Kristen Gallagher at the news of her sudden death, with the knowledge that 
all may cast their cares upon you, for you care deeply for us all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Even before we have asked, you have already granted us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Receive our thanks that today Jesus comes in his very body and blood in the Holy Supper to forgive us and renew us in faith toward you and in love for each other and to feed the fellowship of our unity and doctrinal confession by partaking of this meal together. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, for the sake of Christ Jesus, continue to look upon each of us in this coming year with your continued gracious favor, that we would thereby continue to trust in you and await from you all the eternal good that you have pr promised and prepared for your own and have already begun to grant us here in time. Hear our prayer, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh you have given us a new revelation of your glory, that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may know and love those things which are not seen. Therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord, God of love and light, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Receive now the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.